Yes, Ryan. Don't punch the computer off. <laughs> Welcome to the Abode of Lollops, the podcast where every week a bunch of experts is and myself, Ryan Prazer, get together to talk about whatever Lollops comes to mind. Today, it's just me and my beautiful co-host, Siggy, and we're in a new studio. Ooh. A new studio, which is also known as my my living room. His abode of Lollox. My abode. We also have this kind of bullshit that Ryan has. Yeah, he displays also... and stuff. Just yeah. to distract you from our stupid faces. You know, I it's actually, perfect. I have some stuff here from film sets and stuff. Will you pull this curtain over a little bit? Yeah. Because uh, it's putting me in the dark and I don't need oh, any more shit. of that. <laughs> so, today's topic is holidays. Yay! Vacations, holidays, getting away. That's good, that's good. Cool. The people can see me now, I'm not in the dark. And yes, it's getting close to winter, that's why I have a split lip. I've not been in a fight, I promise. Is that, is that the, the herpes? Are you getting a herpes outbreak? Yeah, man. Yeah. That sucks. That's fucking too much. I had my first one in Prague. I'd never, I'd never, I never, I didn't even know that mouth sores and herpes were the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. It's that. just this isn't actually that. This is from the cold, like dry skin and split lip, and they but just a cold. Split. It's, oh, I, oh, I see. It's just dry. It's just dry. Yeah, it was dry and then it split, and that was just because I was in Kutnahora for Halloween. That's my vacation holiday that I'm starting with. So that was like for Halloween weekend we went to Kutnohora which is a city just outside Prague like an hour away but it has a bone church right? it does an ossuary it's called an ossuary ossuary is that um, the same in the French catacombs? is that also like an ossuary? I have no idea man because they have like no idea of thousands of skulls down there I think I don't know what ossuary means as such but this place it's it's a, a Christian place, not necessarily of worship, but still of significance, religious significance. It has a lot, dude, it's very famous, Kutnohora, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's in like the games I'm playing, like Crusader really? Kings and stuff, they have a, like a specific, like a, spec- no, a, spec- a specific like building or whatever because of Kutnohora, and it's oh, like a very okay. historical game, so. Kutnohora. Yeah, the whole city is covered in like uh, cathedrals and religious symbology and different statues of saints and stuff like this, yeah. it's cool to go past and walk past and soak it in kind of thing but the the bone church itself like it's a small little chamber you go down into right and they tell you not to take any pictures not to be too loud and not to be on your phone yeah they have official pictures don't they yeah exactly yeah yeah. um but it's a lot smaller than i thought it was it's basically one chamber with like maybe six rooms shooting off of it there's a Mm. bit of it that's under construction they're doing reconstruction (laughs) they're they're building new (laughs) they're adding more skulls essentially i read the pamphlet thing and it said that these bones were uh, cleaned and made into kind of ornaments. I'll try and flash up a picture on the screen so you can see what I mean. We're uh, trying to, we're struggling with the editing, by the way. I'm sure anybody who's like that editing knows that it's a, it's a mess. Like, <laughs> Especially when you have full-time jobs and like have a busy oh, weekend so, and stuff. Oh, it takes so long. Yeah. And the rendering, Jesus yeah. Christ, rendering takes hours. This is what we do for you, the people out there yeah. that are listening to us and watching us. So I hope you appreciate it that we spend six, seven hours editing these videos. But we'll find a way to splice in a picture of Kutnohor. Yeah, yeah, I'll put a picture of the Bone Church and they, basically they have arranged real human bones and skeletons that were in this whatever place it was and it was an old monk that was just assigned this job for some reason no one knows why or why him but he just appeared at this church one day and was like 
yeah, I'm going to build these things out of the bones. But it's strange as well, because like in, in Paris, they do also have like a massive amount of skulls and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, and that's also some sort of Christian significance. And I'm like, where did that come from? Because yeah. it's not like, it's very common. I think to like the, the, reason, skulls and the reason that these ones were kind of arranged the way they are mm. is it's like a lot of religious symbology where it kind of reminds you about reincarnation and uh, the sanctity of life and going into the next life and this is the kind of things it's supposed to inspire in you when you go to see it. Yeah. But for me, I went there and there's like six rooms with maybe like four or five like ornamental statue things. The rest of it is just skulls stacked in pyramids. Yeah, right? exactly. But they found that when it was originally done, it wasn't like held together with anything. It was just placed and yeah, stacked, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and they tried to like clean them and stuff like this because they get damaged over time, obviously, mm -hmm. the skulls and, and, put back. and they realized, oh, shit, it's not together. So they have to rebuild it and everything. But what they did is they they uh, put the stones in Poxy, lime. Epoxy glue. No, lime. They wash it with lime. Yeah, yeah, but don't you do that anyway to like clean it out and make that's it, it that's, that's how they get it white. And yeah, yeah, white yeah, exactly, it exactly, yeah, 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 exactly. But I didn't know that, that, that they like just bleach the bones in lime and that's how they stay white. And for me, it looked like it was all fake. It didn't look like exactly. It, didn't, it, it looks feel like, like it looks like plaster. Remains. It looks like uh, what's it called? Not plaster. Is it plaster? Yeah, yeah plaster yeah, Paris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like it, it didn't feel like human remains you know i've been to the battlefield of the Somme. It's i've been too, to too sterile you mean? Yeah, yeah yeah and obviously with tourists going around with tours happening in there you know it's quite noisy quite busy it's one of the only places to visit really in the city what did you do there like because you went there for halloween i get like kutnahora bone church it's yeah, a very like, fitting it's, it's, thing it's for it's halloween fitting, you know spooky scary skeletons <laughs> spooky scary Whoa. skeletons yeah so that's we did that but apart from that we were there for like four days so we did a lot of geocaching went around and collected different caches you uh -huh. know that is? yeah i know what geocaching and we had like one of my teachers at school he had this really cool uh hobby which is uh, it's geocaching but uh, on a bike and you, okay. you it's called turf wars or something like that so it's you do turf wars but on a bike so there's a bunch of these little like geolocations you have to go to with your phone you have mm -hmm. to stand there for like 30 seconds or a minute and then you kind of conquer that area right oh, okay. and you get king points of the hill. yeah king of the hill and you get points the more areas you control and this guy he was like in um, in those uh, in in races like in bike races all right yeah yeah so he would be so fast and it was like you know it is real turf wars because other people are out there with their bikes and trying to conquer territory yeah, and stuff yeah, so yeah. you just bike around and like try to keep as many areas under your nice. control for as long as possible so like you of course if you go to like a place that's way out in the middle of nowhere it's yours for a long it's time. yours for a long time so like you have to bike forty kilometers to like go <laughs> get that thing and then go bike to the next. So that's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, so I know what you're talking about. We walked like 50 kilometers over four days, man. So, and this was like in the middle of a city that has really no street lights. It's mostly country roads. There's farmland all around it, surrounding. And 
we were obviously taking the back streets to find these hidden caches, you know. For people who don't know, geocaching is like a real-life treasure hunt. You go to a location after following some clues, and you look, you follow the clues and try and find where this little package is. Inside the package, it could be like a Tupperware pot, it could be an old torch that's been converted into something. But inside there, there's a bit of paper, you pull it out, you sign it, and then you get a point on your geocaching score. Yeah. You, know? you just collect points and treasure hunt around different locations. Quite often, they're like weird locations, stuff that you wouldn't see, you know. We, we saw a couple of memorials that were like upside down crosses and stuff like that yeah. in the middle of the woods, you know. And that's what the geocaching led us to. That's me. And it's, is it like people find really cool locations people and they set, put something Yeah, exactly. There. They set something up there like, hey, this is something that's kind of been forgotten. It's off the beaten track. People don't but, go but here But I anymore. found it and I found it was amazing. So I made this a location for other people to find. Yes, oh, that's so cute. Exactly. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. I love that. Um, that's real life video games. Yeah, exactly. It's that's like a treasure hunt. It's like Pokemon Go, you know, except yeah. you don't capture Pokemon. You just capture this little tub and sign your name on it and get a point on your Profile. There's also this thing where people, this tradition, uh, where people leave little rocks, they paint rocks, and but this is not like, this is just a little fun game, you don't get points or anything, but uh, they write their name and they're, they're a Facebook, like a code or something, and then you can like, you can go to the Facebook page um, and kind of like, uh, say that you took the stone, like you took that specific stone, and it's in your possession now, okay. and then you just keep it at home, and then somebody will like make and paint a new rock and like leave it out there, and they hide it like everywhere, you know. Like th there's a guy, um, an ex coworker of mine, uh, Mike, who works at the Globe. Do you know Mike who works at the Globe? Old bartender guy. It's been like an old groupie and stuff. But ZZ Top Beard. No, 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 no. No, he doesn't have a beard or anything. Okay. But anyway, he used to take super long walks during the pandemic. And uh, he started like he started doing that as for fun because he like started noticing these things. And then every time he went out on a walk, he came home with like four or five of those. And they're always hidden, but it came in very fun locations. It's good, man. Yeah. But yeah, we walked like 50 kilometers along the side of these empty barren roads where like... One side you have the dike or the ditch where the road runs off the water and the stuff. Dike? You That's can't what we call see it. That. That's what it's called. It's a dike. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's like we were talking. Uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday about the word faggot and fag. Yeah, I know. I know. Of course, you yeah. Know, like I these know, things mean different things why, in the UK. Why, why did they? Why did faggot come to mean that? Like they come. Why was it no idea? Word? No idea, man. That's like, as far as I know, it's an American term that's used to be sure? derogatory for homosexuals. But like, faggots are um, <laughs> little meatballs in Scotland, right? There's little pork faggots. That that's what they're called. Like haggis faggots. Mi yeah, I, like I, mini I, haggises or something. It's basically a meatball. Now that you mention it, it does sound like a very like Scottish word. Yeah, faggot. I you get the faggots on the go? Oh, you get him! <laughs> right now! <laughs> I want some faggots in my dinner! <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, uh, the etymology of words is weird. Anyway, walking past these dikes, you've got one option on the left, there's a dike there. On the right, there's a farm with manure covering these like turnips or whatever they are. You know? <laughs> okay. So your options are a misty, foggy, wet night at like 6pm <laughs> coming back from Kutnahora. It's like walk along the main road, walk in the water, or walk in the manure, you know? There isn't any, like,
pavement along these roads. No, of course. It's, it's a countryside. Yeah, you know what I mean? Course, but like, yeah. we're exploring a city in the Czech Republic. Yeah. <laughs> it? it must be like, you know, 15,000 people or something. It can't be. I have big. no idea, man. It's, it's not, not that big. It's not a big yeah, city. It's basically a village, man. Yeah, like, exactly. A little <laughs> town. A little, yeah, right? it's a small town. But a historical town. And I always find Very it much. so interesting that almost every town that nowadays, you know, like they used to be towns that were super important in the Middle Ages or something like that. And, you know, they, no, 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 they used to be very important, but nowadays they might only have 10,000 people. But back then they might have had, you know, 2,000 people. And that was like a lot mm. for back then. So it was like very big and very important. And then it's just like reality of life and new trade things or whatever made other cities bigger. I was actually watching something the other day where uh, these Italian like hotel managers or something, they are buying villages, old villages, mm -hmm. right, that are like rustic set up where there's no heated floor, no technology, mm -hmm. nothing mm -hmm. like that. They've just been abandoned because mm -hmm. there was no work opportunities or anything there. Sure. And they're but buying like the actually whole, abandoned. Yeah, like there's maybe one or two people that still live there so with like the a land. Ghost, like basically a ghost town. Yeah, ghost towns, ghost villages in the middle of yeah. Italy where mm -hmm. these hotel owners and stuff are buying the villages, reconstructing them and to giving them... a resort. Yeah, but leaving the rustic feel there mm -hmm. so they're just setting it up as it was mm -hmm. when it used to be a village you know you can't have internet there there's no he heating or like you know different things like this no electricity really and you sleep on hard mattresses but I, it's like restorative projects yeah. that are bringing money back to these small areas it sounds cool but it also sounds like something that people are going to take advantage of in the future do you know what I what mean do you, what do you mean take advantage of like it would just become a rich person's haven. Yes, of course. You know, like, you know, like it's not giving the history back to the country. It's giving the history to tourists or and to... people that don't give a shit or that well, want maybe, to just get away. Maybe, yeah. maybe they give a shit, but it's not like for the general public. I get. What you're yeah, saying. Yeah, but, yeah, it's very exclusive kind also, of. Also, you know, like it's cool that it's, the space is being used again. Yeah, exactly, I appreciate exactly. that. I appreciate reusing the historical rustic places and. All these cool little houses and shacks. Oh, but this is a, that's like that's a completely different discussion as well. How like rich people now have so much opportunity yeah. to come to build a society completely separate from like general society. Yeah. Like it's truly we we're getting to that point again where like business leaders are like are like yeah. fee, you know liege lords. You know, like where they have their own private... So my day job is like this, man. I'm calling yeah. people every day that own multiple properties. I had one, the first one so far, who was a knight. Sir, something, Sir. something. Are you calling, right. are you calling people in Britain then? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Right, right, right. Um, and essentially, we're calling these people and like, hey, uh, you haven't updated your listing for your vacation rental in a while. Mm. I'm here to give you some advice. But this knight that I was supposed to be speaking to owns a castle. Yeah, yeah. And not just the castle, he owns 18 acres of land around the castle too. Of course. You know, he's, and he's a sporting he's, ground. He's yeah. renting it out for like £4,000 a night or some shit like that. You know? <laughs> and and like, it's, like part of well, it is jealousy yeah. too, you know? Like, fuck, yeah, it would be nice to have like a yeah, castle like, and like have like an acre, castle. 18 yeah. acre like woodland or whatever. It would be amazing. Mm. You can ride your, you can have the horses that you have in your stable. You can take them out for the... You know, but then I run on these calls. I have to ask him, "Have you got any other properties that you might want to list with us or whatever?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I got 18. Eight, eight uh, properties. Eighteen properties ah, in ah, the area that he ah. wants to list. Right, castle, castle, cottage, 
Cottage, castle, castle, cottage, cottage. Like in the guy's insane. Yeah, yeah. Like he's probably an aristocrat or something like that. Yeah, this, like old, but... old uh, nobility. Yeah, yeah, sure. that's something. it. And these things just blow my mind. How someone can own so much of something and not really do anything with it for so yeah. long. Fucking let let two hundred and fifty, you know, like people in need of housing live yeah. on that land yeah. instead. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> build actual housing instead of vacation rentals in your eighteen hundred and eighty eight land so or whatever. I just I just figured this is so funny. What if they were to do it like this? Okay, like you 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 get you get government like the government will rent it from you. Um, the only thing you have to do, like, you have to build enough, like, shacks and stuff or whatever, and then we will hire, like, the government will rent it from you. We will place a bunch of people who need work and housing there, and they will take care of the grounds for you. And all of a sudden, we have a serve system again. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> right? Go back to the old days. That's exactly. what we want. Tried and true. Holidays. Yeah. I told you a bit about my Kutna Horror thing. We'll come back to that. That's basically my first adult holiday. And I don't even really count that, you know, because I didn't go too far. <laughs> yeah, but it's still like a nice holiday. I still haven't explored Czech Republic almost yeah. at all. It was a good break. Yeah. But okay, so the holidays for me, I've been on, a, I've been quiet a lot around Europe and uh, stuff doing train, like on train tra trips, train, what's it called? Train hopping, basically. So there's this thing called, I think it's called like the Euro rail or Euro card or something. And uh, when I was like 18, uh, like 18, 19, my parents were always like every summer they would give me a three month, uh, no, wait, they would, yeah, no, yeah, there's something like that. They'd give me a three month Eurorail card, but during those three months where it's active, you have like 10 travel days. So you okay. can like, you can jump onto a train one day and that starts like a travel day and then you can take as many trains as you want and go to anywhere you want. And as long as you like stop traveling in that one day you only use up one travel day oh, so okay. i went to yeah, yeah and then you can use like 10 full travel days basically over That's those cool. three months so i went to like france i was in france when i in when i was 18 when was, when was this 2018 i think does that make sense no how old are you 25 i'm 25 seven years ago seven years ago but 2015 but I think I went there 2018, so I must have been 19 or something like that. Okay. I, who cares? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I went to, to France when uh, they were hosting the World Cup. So that was quite intriguing. I was in Paris when they hosted the World Cup. So I saw, like, I came there on basically the day they were, they were uh, playing in Belgium in the semifinals. Right. So I went to, ah, uh, Stade, no, not Stade de France, that's like the big, uh, I went to like a big square, anyway. And we were watching like the, the game on the, the big screens Spins. in the square. Nice. So that was really great and fun and everybody's there, everybody's like cheering and everybody, atmosphere, yeah. yeah, and everybody has their phones out and they're filming and stuff. And this is where this gets interesting, okay, so everybody was filming and stuff. And then when the game ends, because you know Paris is a very kind of shady city. Like in Paris, they have everything. Mm -hmm. It's super beautiful, but it's also a lot the of people underground hustle. is big. It's a lot of people who hustle. So as we were leaving this stadium, you know, everybody's like jostling. You know, it's like shoulder to shoulder, and nobody has been no issue until that point. But I had my phone in my hand, right, and I put my phone on the shoulder of somebody who was like, you know right ahead of me because it was like so tight right so i just had my hand on that person's shoulder and like moving out and basically someone like... and someone just 
took my phone and I didn't even notice because you know it's so much jostling and shit so I didn't even notice that the phone wasn't in my hand until like five seconds later where I was like what did I do with my phone? And like trying to check my pockets? I was like, shit, I don't have my phone. So somebody yeah. legitimately in the chaos just like snipped, they literally go whoop, and like bailed, you know? And you can't, of course, there's like 2,000 people there. There's no way you yeah, can get that back. It. Like, yeah, it happens quite often in the marches here. There were so many people there as well. When I went, because I went back to the square to see if I dropped it on the ground somewhere, and there were like literally six, seven other people there also like, where's my phone? <laughs> it's like, it's so okay, bad. so. So there was a coup here. You know? These things happen at like a lot of gigs in Brixton, in London, and uh -huh. places like this, right? You go to a gig, it's like a rock gig, and everyone's like having their own time or whatever. Exactly. But there's like maybe 20 people that you're like, you don't belong at this Paramore gig, or you don't uh -huh. belong at this like uh, system of a down gig, or whatever it might be, you know? Like people that clearly aren't into the alternative music or whatever, yeah. you know? they're there, and they're just loitering. And then... <laughs> At the end of the concert. They're kind of shit thieves if they look like thieves before they steal something. Like. But that's it. Like, you're in a crowd and yeah, it gets yeah. dark and then you're watching the gig, you don't care. But they're scoping you out as you come in. Yeah. And then when you're about to leave, there's the big, like, funnel getting out mm -hmm. the door. Yeah. And that's and where the purse thing. gets snatched. That's where your yeah. pockets are getting yeah, yeah, yeah. touched Cause, all the time. Because yeah. like, that's, the, that's the trick, right? If you do it when everybody's already busy mm -hmm. with, like, you know, bumping into each other and yeah, shit. Yeah. Like hand. Yeah, yeah. So when everybody's like already getting jostled in every direction, then they won't notice if something, you know, yeah. some other one, somebody else jostles them <laughs> and like steals their purse. So what's your favorite place that you've been to then? You've been to quite a lot more places than me, so. Favorite place? I took, ooh, I took a really, really nice trip through. Took in Ibiza? Ibiza? I have never been into Spain. To I've show never... Ibiza you were cool. What? It's a song. It's a song. It's so funny how you do music. Like, even these like... Not necessarily trash songs, but songs that I wouldn't listen I, to. It's probably I've heard I've heard them. Yeah. It's just so like feeling the beat, the show beat you out cool. No, no. exactly. But <laughs> I sang it like a twat anyway, so yeah, you're not gonna get. But it. I, I just feel like when I listen to songs and stuff, it's um. I, I hear the song, and you know how it is, the melody sticks in your head and stuff, and some of the lyrics might stick in your head, but, <laughs> but I just don't like pay attention to the artist, or like not, and sometimes not even to the lyrics, like the lyrics, I can hear a song a hundred times and not know the lyrics, you know what I'm saying? And so that's just like something that never... That, that was never part of my focus, you know, because for some people they're very interested and then they choose to They choose to focus on those things. So for me as a musician and especially as a vocalist lyrics are a very important part of music for, sure. for me, right? And it could just be the hook that hits me first and I'm like, oh, that's a good chorus. That's a good line. Mm -hmm. That's got some good wordplay or whatever it might mm -hmm. be and then I'll listen to the rest of the song and then I'll decide, actually, no, this is not really what I want to listen to, not what I want to hear about or whatever, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Because I've written so many songs, I've heard so many different yeah, lyrics, yeah. I kind of have that freedom to know, I don't like this, I don't like when you're singing about this, I don't care for this, I like this stuff, you know? I know what my my lane is. Yeah, sure, but do you, feel like, do you feel like it's more about, because I, okay, two questions. So do you feel like it's more about when you when you listen to the song is it more about the lyrics for you like can the song be a kind of like weird genre that you don't usually listen to but the lyrics are good so you like be like good song 
Do you think like is yeah, that, yeah yeah absolutely yeah. Like, because the writing, I, like, I, I always the appreciate the craft yeah, I always appreciate the craft the no matter what time. like if even with pop music right there's a lot of stuff that doesn't take much talent it's producers in the background it's song writers that are doing it for a multi-billionaire artist that doesn't give a crap about that's what they're right. singing about yeah like that's now. it like I stopped doing music man I'm not he a musician has, anymore he has a couple billion of Zimbabwean dollars I don't actually say that because a lot of people know you're a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I had one Zimbabwe billion dollar note. Oh, you did? Once. Oh, fuck yeah. Who gave it to Put it? on sa- at the wall at Sadman's. It's on the wall at Sadman's. Uh-huh, no, yeah. Um, oh, I think I saw it actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's a billion Zimbabwe dollars yeah. just at the peak of their inflation yeah, before yeah. they have the yeah, US yeah, dollar yeah. now. But yeah, what were we talking about? Music and lyrics. Music. And I wanted one more question as well. It was with lyrics uh, and stuff. So, like, I listen to stuff that doesn't have lyrics sometimes, you know? Not often, yeah. but sometimes. And it, it will have some other value to me, nostalgic value, or it will be an artist that's trying something new, and I'm like, meh. But the, the main example I can think of is my morning, let's get cleaned up, let's do this kind of thing, song, or, like, playlist to play, mm-hmm. is always a remix of The Legend of Zelda soundtracks. I just... Zelda and chill. I just basically finished the Zelda shoot, by the way, as well. Did I ever show you? You showed me the I video. I didn't get bit. to look at it because I was oh, away from Wi-Fi. Oh, you haven't looked at it I didn't yet. look at it because ah, I was away from Wi-Fi. I think Wi-Fi. it's a fight scene I sent yeah, you. Yeah, a fight scene. I will look yeah. at it, though. But yeah, Siggy's yeah. going to be in a Zelda movie, and I'm a Zelda <laughs> fan. It's ridiculous, man. He doesn't even know the characters or nothing. I'm, yeah, it's funny. Because... <sighs> Because I'm, I'm playing Link, right? And they, 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 Link doesn't speak at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm doing that in the fight scene. I'm so sad you haven't looked at it because I do all of those like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even I do a roll. I even like roll. Ah, nice. Yeah. Do you roll into a wall or roll into some jars and break them? No, I just roll away. We, That's it, a classic it's, moment, man. It's super low budget. We were just on a field. Like, <laughs> if if you get a, mo- is it still more? shooting to be done no well there's a there's one uh, reshoot we have to do because okay. like so because we were doing with horses and stuff ah yeah it's very yeah. difficult to work yeah yeah exactly so they didn't it didn't work out like the horses were too, too like they were wow. moving away and stuff and the camera was being shaky and stuff so we have to like redo some dialogue you should speak to the director and say hey can we do this one bit it will really relate to Zelda fans and either roll into a wall and have a picture fall off the wall or roll but do you, into do you then want, So you want me to legitimately physically roll into a wall? Yeah, like you hit your butt against the wall. It's not going to hurt that much, man. Right. You're doing a little roll. Or like roll into like a pot and break it, you know? Because this is the classic thing in Zelda. You run into a room and the fastest way to travel I, is by rolling. I feel, like, I feel like the most relatable thing would be every time I'm walking, I should just be rolling instead. Like, you know, I should be rolling up to... Literally, that's how you, get, a, that's how you get across Hyrule Field so quickly. I know, I know. Ocarina of Time. I'm always trying to figure that out with the... <laughs> Like, is it faster if I jump and sprint, or yeah. is it faster if I like slide? The fastest and sprint? way like, in Ocarina of Time is actually to run backwards. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, <laughs> right? But you watch speedrunners try and do this, and they'll be like facing backwards, and the guy's like, and then he'll flip, and then you're, he's in the castle, yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. he's found a glitch in the middle of the field yeah, or something. Yeah, it's nuts. But I wanted to one more thing about the music. Was uh, do you think uh, that lyrics before because in the in the fifties and sixties, I feel like lyrics 
were were it's, it was a very big craft I feel like so but nowadays it's slightly it's a different less... era of songwriting man yeah. like if you look at it in that sense from a songwriter's perspective you look at music from the 50s and 60s it's all about love everything is about love in some sure, way sure, 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 sure. you know what I mean sure. like there's very little or if there is it's very very gangster niche. Rap, yeah. <laughs> gangster rap <laughs> I mean like uh, societal commentary Mm-hmm. Yeah, commentaries on society or like you know anything, anything that I feel uh, is. Wasn't there a lot of censorship and mean, stuff as well though? Yes and no, but like it was more the popular stuff was about shaking your ass and fucking, you know. Mm-hmm. Blues music is all sex, mm-hmm. like it's sex, loneliness, and alcohol. Country music is all doesn't like sex, speak, alcohol, does, and but loneliness. But speak to like the the age-old tradition of using music as a wooing tool. Well, yeah, that and the fact that art comes from pain. Also true. You know, the best art, at least, comes from pain. Yeah, and there's a lot of... of, But, but yeah, sure, but then also with... You mean, like... But are there a lot? Is there a lot of music about like loss? Like let's say there was the the World War Two, for instance. How many young guys died there and shit? There must be so much. These things in the real world, like during World War Two, the music was uplifting. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of jazz, a lot of swing, you had a lot of like big band stuff. It was all brash, it was all exciting, it was mm-hmm. all to make you dance, it was all to make you forget about what's going on outside. True. The times that we get real critical commentary on society is in the niche, so in the folk music, in uh, deep, deep like niche blues music. It talks about like the devil and suffering and pain. You'll have Irish folk artists that are singing about losing their three, um, uh, like, uh, like having miscarriages with their partner and stuff like this. It gets real dark into subject matters, but there's maybe one song that you'll find that is kind of widely circulated and the rest is hidden away in history. Only certain people know these songs if they've raised by them or then passed them down, you know. To find this music now, if you search 60s music on YouTube, you're just going to get Swing. Beatles, Swing, Elvis, Roy Orbison, uh, Rockabilly, that's I it. Saw, I saw Elvis's last, um, his last big show in Las Vegas when he was like already quite old, I think 74 or something like that. It was like a documentary and I just looked at, you know, I, I saw the documentary and they basically showed the whole show. And I was like, God damn, Elvis had like charisma and moves and such immense stage presence. So, the like, stage holy presence shit, back Elvis then, was like. That's what you made money on. Because that, like in the 50s and 60s, yeah. that's where producers and recording studios realized, mm-hmm. oh shit, we can make money off these people. And that's when big business started happening. Yeah, but it was already in the, the 50s. Industry. Already in the 50s, surely, right? Starting. Yeah, starting. Yeah. You know? But like with Elvis, it was a case of like, he could walk down his street and there's a recording studio on the corner mm-hmm. and for the past 10 years, like all these blues artists and black artists have been recording there mm-hmm. and he was like, cool, I'm going to record there. Mm-hmm. And because at the time, like he was a white guy and he had different connections and his history of the army, he was very marketable. Mm-hmm. So that studio picked him up, became like a record label or whatever mm-hmm. and then boosted Elvis. Yeah. It's like the nutshell of like, how artists made it in the 50s, 60s and 70s. You you go to all these places where you've heard this hidden LP that like got 
driven on three boats to get to you or whatever, you know, from like old Robert Johnson 1920s this blues is like, tracks. Oh my god. This is like Rose <laughs> blues, stuff like this. This is like treasure hunting for music fanatics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. this kind of stuff, you, you'd find a studio in your area, you'd go there, you'd record a track in the same studio that Robert Johnson did or whoever it might have been. Yeah. And then they'd be like, actually, yeah, you've got more blah, 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 blah. We can make more money off of you. Do you want to do this? Do you want to sign a deal? And that's where isn't the that, industry business side isn't that kind of dying now as well because now it's kind of like the end of the record label yeah because era. artists got sick of being taken advantage of fine and artists also have dude that's one part of it but if they had if they didn't have any option they'd still do it with record labels but mm. nowadays they do have youtube and spotify or whatever you can sell labels and self promote still, and stuff it's still fucking hard man yeah, but Spotify don't get harder. money, right? Like Spotify, they barely pay you. You need uh, 10,000 plays to get 10 pence. From yeah, exactly. So you need to already be big. You need yeah. to have like major, you need to have major exposure big there. already. Yeah. Um, but vacations, holidays. Yeah, well, okay, so I'm just going to finish <laughs> up the, the France thing. Like the, because the, cause somebody stole my phone. Right. So I had to go and like... And uh, I had to go and get a new phone. And since all my banking details and stuff were on the old phone, I tried calling it. Like they just took out the SIM card and stuff. So like it was it was fine. Whatever they didn't like they didn't like use it to try to scam me or anything. Like they just removed it. But I had to find a phone. I had to like call my brother in Sweden from my memory, like by remembering his number, his number right? Shit. Yeah, I had to like call him, get him to use my online banking, like the thing that I have in Sweden, way back in Sweden. So he had to hook that up to the computer, use my code to authorize that uh, I could use my credit card or something, some shit like that to buy a new phone and like register the phone. And it was a whole hassle. So that was the phone thing, and then I went, and then there was the the quatorzième, quatorzième, like the the. Don't you fucking swear at me, boy. La 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 boule la. Okay, sorry, I forgot to all the French people. I actually like French a lot, but um, so I, we were there for the. I was there for the national holiday, which was really really cool, um, and then I was there for the finals as well when they played Croatia. And they won, but that was also a fucking. Uh, it was. It's like the middle of summer. It's like scorching hot, thirty-five degrees maybe uh, outside. And to get to to the, we wanted to go to to uh, Champ de Mars or something like that. It's called the, like the Mars Field. It's right in front of the Eiffel Tower. Okay. So I went to the metro and went to get in there. And dude, it, we went. We went like me and me and some people who were at the hostel. I was there. Cold cup day. It was three hours before we, we wanted to go there to make sure we got a slot. Bro, everybody thinks like that. Everybody in Paris knows yeah. that you have to be out at least six hours before. Otherwise, you're... So we went there. We got into this like metro, which is like packed to the to the breaking point. Like there's this little old lady who wants to like get out of the metro when we're getting in. You know, getting like completely squished by everybody. So she gets out and five more people go into the same door. So it was like the most packed I've ever been in a metro and it was so warm that the air was thick yeah. with like the fumes of human beings. All those metal poles, you know, that you can hold on, they were just like dripping. They were just dripping from like all the, the sweat. sweat. And it was 35 degrees outside, so they had the windows open, but holy shit, it didn't help at all. So, so we get to the field, there's like no slots, it's already packed to the max, the police are like no, and there's like literally another 10,000 people wanted to get to the field, right? But there's already 20,000 people there, so you can't have any more. 
Yeah. So we just went off to some side streets, found a little bar, uh, and they were also packed inside, but they had screens outside. So we were like waiting outside. Okay, we saw some guys going out of the bar. So I was just like, no, no, I was just like looking at my, my friends and, and we're like, hey, do you want to try it? And we're like, yeah, sure, let's try it. So we went in there and as we went in, it was all reserved. Like they had a back room, everything was reserved. So like it wasn't really seats for us, but there was this family who just uh, left, right. right? So we just sat down at the table. They just left and they legitimately left like a basket, a huge basket full of like alcohol. Like it was like champagne and wine and everything in this basket. Yeah. So we just sat down there and we just looked at each other and we were like, and they left their glasses too. They left their glasses to be like, dude, fuck. Have... Yeah, exactly. So we just like poured stuff into those glasses and stuff so that, you know, yeah. so that it looks like we had something to drink. So the waitress comes over and looks at us very weird and goes like, I'm not sure if you were here or should be here. But we were, and she was like, do you want to order something? And we were like, no, we, we have stuff. And she was like. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so we actually got like a seat in a back room with a private TV screen and there were like, you know, 20 other people in there and stuff as well. And they were doing all kinds of games during the during the magical or drinking games and like with all together. So I had like a great experience watching the finals. And France won, so it was like nice. it was a huge party. Everybody's like uh allez les bleus, allez les bleus, you know. <laughs> Champion du monde. <laughs> So it was like a whole party. Yeah. No, all Paris was like. I used to be like a football hooligan. A hooligan? Not a hooligan, but my family were all hooligan hooligans. Uh -huh. Like in my mum's side, like uncles and aunties yeah, and stuff. Yeah. They used to go into matches, used to be in fights, are in the firm or whatever, you know. Uh -huh. And uh, we used to sit in what was called Block G, and that's the area where all the other hooligans sit. The, you know? the, the mega fans, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, it's like walled off, right? It's basically walled off on both sides. No, 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 no. Okay. Like, so you have the away stand where the yeah. away fans go and yeah. are separated mm -hmm. from the home fans. In Europe, a lot of people, the segregation doesn't happen because they can get along. We don't, you know, like, doesn't matter if... No, it's not true. It's right, not true. It's, it's always, it's always... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, always yeah. Like, like, I'm no. saying in the bigger stadiums, so if you go to Marseille, Lyon, or mm -hmm. like if you go to some of the Spanish stadiums, Essentially, because they're such big international clubs, they get a lot of international fans. Sure. You know, and everyone just wants to see the match. Yeah. Not really specifically for one team or the other. That's actually interesting. You know, and then they'll have, match. like, the shitty, like, terraced seats or whatever, you know, like, down the bottom. And that's where the hooligans sit. I know. It's, like, it's very different with League 2 teams, you know what I'm saying? Where you have to be die-hard hey, supporters. get the fuck away game. from my Luton town. It's <laughs> <laughs> insane. Because if you have that... Then you, they're purely for the for the representation of your team. Yeah. It's your brand. The tribalism. Yeah, it's your life. It's your like. It's your tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, is that your best holiday then in Paris? Well, I've had some pretty good holidays. Like the one I wanted to say was like I went through Switzerland, and there's this Ooh. thing called the Glacier Express, and uh, you start in. I started in in Saint Moritz, like Saint Moritz, uh, up in the mountains in west. I think west. Uh, Switzerland, and then you jump on this this train, which has uh, basically all glass windows and stuff. You know, it's like a sightseeing train, basically, okay. and it goes throughout. It goes through the whole country on very rustic old uh, tracks, and uh, it was like it was beautiful. I was like glued to the window for you know six hours straight. However long, just beautiful. 
It's just beautiful, and you go through like you go through the valleys, you go up on the top of the mountains, you see the glaciers. The uh, I don't know if, how high it is, but probably three thousand meters at some point. It doesn't like necessarily matter how high it is; it matters how like humid and damp it is, because uh, the clouds come lower. Like in Wales, you can touch clouds. It was in the summer. I'm not sure. I don't think we went through any clouds. There may be like fog and mist and stuff. Okay, no, because like in Wales, if you go to certain parts in the valleys and hills and stuff. Mm -hmm. The, the air is so dense and moist there that the clouds are really low. So you'll go to the top of a hill and be driving through clouds. Yeah, but that's like mist though, right? No, it's actual clouds. Uh -huh. You're at the cloud line and you look above and there's more clouds above you. It's not mist or fog or anything. It's isn't it just like the cloud line is lower. But, it's, but fog, isn't it that just like clouds that just fell down and went like low? Yeah, because of the humidity and stuff, no? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how geography. I feel, like, I feel like we could figure this out if we had like ten. I was never good at geography <laughs> science, you know. Geog this is not geography science, okay? Geography it, science, it is like science. that's it, like volcanoes, precipitation, right. it's like geography science. Anyway. Yeah. So. What is this? We're moving away from holidays now. We're going to go back to an old segment that we're hoping oh. to bring back, and it's teaching Siggy about music. Hello. I'm going to do a graphic. <laughs> so, I'm going to show you a band. And before I do, I want you to tell me who they are, what they sound like, and what kind of people they are. As always, yes. Right? I'm ready. This band... I'm ready to judge. ...is called Days, as in Days of the Week, mm -hmm. and Days, as in D-A-Z-E. Mm -hmm. Yeah? So, Days, days and, and Days. days. Mm -hmm. Who are they? What do they do? What do they sound like? It sounds like a hippie group that likes to hang out in the sun and get kind of whacked on LSD and shrooms. Um, so I'm assuming they're playing those weird things they play on like squares where they go like... You know those things? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Okay. And uh, how many people are in the band? I'd say like eight. It's a little mini hippie group. Okay. Okay. And where would you say they're from? I'd say they're literally from like the whitest neighborhood on the planet. What? You know, it's all like, and they're all 28, broke away from their families, get money, but they can't, like, you know, so they're just blazing away. Okay. That's what I think. So, <laughs> I'll do the Wikipedia article first, and okay. then we'll listen to a bit of Days and Days. Sure. But, Days and Days mm. is an American band formed in Houston, Texas. Let's <laughs> 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 Performing a type of folk punk, they've called H-Town Thrash Bros. I'm always surprisingly close, aren't I? I have no idea how you do it, man. No idea. Maybe it's just good marketing from the band, you know? Maybe that's the perfect name for this kind of band. Right? Uh, independently records, produces, and promotes their own music. Song themes range from anarchism and environmental issues. Ah, dude, I'm so fucking right! I'm so to anxiety, alcoholism, and parties. That sounds exactly like You got it nailed, dude. Oh, yeah. But here we're gonna play one of the songs. I quite like it. Uh, I know somebody that knows these guys, and I don't know, maybe they're not so cool anymore, but I still like a few of their songs, so here is Days and Days in 3, 2, 1. They're dressing exactly like I thought they would as well. <laughs> That's so funny. 
a shredding knife. But you mentioned the washboard thing. Did I know it? No, you said they have like a square thing that goes. That is not that thing. That is not that thing. I meant that dome thing, you know, where they like tap it. Ah, yeah, I know. Like steel pan thing. It seemed like they might do meth a little bit, though. <laughs> there might be a slight bit of meth in there. I don't know if it's meth, more just a uh, lack of showering. <laughs> here. Alright, it's not quite here. There's like a little breakdown uh -huh. with the acoustic and they do a bit of screaming and stuff. And people kind of find it aggressive and unnecessary, but I think it really works. As an acoustic musician, mm -hmm. like having some screamo in there is real nice. It's also your style, kind of, right? Yeah. I thought she has a trumpet as well. Yeah. Not all the instruments you can choose to play. Get a blowjobs. Trumpet players. Take it from Ryan. And flutists. What about tuba players? Oh no, no, no. Too much. Too much. <laughs> Here we go. What do you think? I'll stop I it there. It, I thought it was quite okay. It's not my style of music necessarily, like that I'm super into. But uh, I think your not... your definition of them was pretty spot on. It like was. you did pretty well. With that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very surprised. I like that they're doing. Like I like the fact that they're just being who they are and going like. Fuck it. Let's yeah, they're this. literally the kind of band that will jump in a van, tour Europe, and smell the same the whole fucking tour. But, they're, but that's punky, right? That's yeah. just the punk. Uh, it's cross punk. It's like dirty uh. punk. Like being a punk doesn't mean you have to be fucking dirty. No one, no one ever said that. Ryan's Ryan's mohawk stands up like this because he hasn't showered in how long is it? Six months? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> I love Daria. Producer Daria. We call everybody producers. Producers Daria. Producer Daria. Laughed at that. So that was a good call. But that, I think, wraps up vacation holidays. Whatever. Yeah, we talked like, what did we talk? Six mostly minutes? Music. Six minutes about vacations? Uh, mostly music today, yeah. which is cool. Uh, yeah. If you, if you like... This kind of music, listen to the anti-queens, are not quite as acoustic and aggressive and hippie as these guys, but they're also a fun band. What would you like to end with? Uh, there's something about... Mary. No, no. Uh... Right, balls. Balls! There's balls. Penis. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Subscribe and like us and leave us a comment if we're doing good. We'll see you next week for Thank some you. more Abode of We Monics. read all the comments. All, all of three of them. Thanks, Dad. Bye! Bye! <laughs> <laughs>